listening to Sports Connection with Mike Datillo. For this podcast of the week of October 10th, the Yankees rehired their general manager, Brian Cashman. What next for the Yankees? But through five games, New York Jets have gone 1-4, losing their last four. Who's to blame for all the trouble in New York? And finally, after starting the season 0-2, the New York Giants have won their last three games. Do they have a shot to make the playoffs? This all is coming up next on Sports Connection. everybody. Well, the news is out. Brian Cashman will return as the general manager of the New York Yankees, but some won't. But first, since this is the first episode of Sports Connection, I would like to talk about the reason why I created this uh, podcast and the reason why this is important to me. If you watch any other sports radio show, TV show, you know, whatever, you'll realize that all these people that are in the sports business are actual reporters, and some of these reporters or analysts might not have the same passion that I do simply because they're the job, not a hobby, and care about this as much as I do. Now, back on to the Yankees. Yesterday, on Friday, October 10th, the New York Yankees announced that they would be retaining their general manager to a three-year contract. But not all the coaches were retained. Kevin Long, the hitting coach, was fired after two seasons of shaky offense and the New York Yankees obviously not making the playoffs. Also, the infield coach and first base coach, Mick Keller. This move doesn't make sense at all. Mick Keller did nothing wrong as far as the media and the public were concerned. The real issue is that the third base coach, Rob Thompson, is still on the Yankees. At least five times this year, Rob Thompson sent base runners home and they were thrown out. The most well-known was in September. Rob sent a base runner home and he was thrown out. It was a clear throw. He shouldn't have sent him home. And that would have tied the game. And the Yankees should have had an opportunity to win that game that day. Kevin Long, he's well-respected across the major league. But simply, he had to go. Two seasons, the Yankees have had shaky offense. Brian Cashman put $438 million this year. Over $300 million of that went into the offense. And he had these tools. He didn't use them. I have no doubt in my mind that Kevin Long will find a job. In baseball somewhere, and you know, he will remain making a livestock, but it won't be for the New York Yankees. Another interesting move is Mike Harkey, the former bullpen coach for the New York Yankees from many, many years up to the 2013 season, will come back to New York after spending one year as the pitching coach for the Arizona Diamondbacks. He didn't get fired. I don't know why he would want to come back to an unstable baseball team in New York right now, regardless if he's one of Joe Girardi's best friends. After all, they're roommates in college. The Yankees will look to a hitting coach probably somewhere in the organization for Kevin Long. And also there's news that Tony Pena, the bench coach, will probably move back over to first base where he was through the 2008 season before he got promoted to the bench coach position. This doesn't make any sense because technically the Yankees are demoting Tony if they're putting him back at first base. They're also saying that Gary Tucker, who's our bullpen coach right now, will probably move over back to the bench coach where he was the bench coach for Joe Girardi back in Miami. But the two biggest stories for the New York Yankees during the offseason will be Alex Rodriguez will be coming back to the team for 2015 after spending one season suspended by Major League Baseball. Joe Girardi has announced that Alex Rodriguez will not be guaranteed the spot at third base. 
this is probably hinting that the Yankees will probably want to re-sign Chase Headley, who they traded for mid-season. Joe Girardi has also said he's tried out Alex Rodriguez fielding balls at first base, backing up Mark Teixeira, an injury-prone first baseman, as well as Austin being the New York Yankees' DH. But the real number one question this offseason that Brian Cashman and upper management must do for the New York Yankees is find a replacement for Derek Jeter. Media sources who cover the New York Yankees say that the favorite to win the job is Steven Drew, who the New York Yankees traded for in the middle of the season for Kelly Johnson, sending Kelly Johnson into Boston. This move does not simply make sense because, number one, Steven Drew had a terrible batting average this season of only 161. So why would you want a shortstop who has proven this year that he cannot be offensively talented anymore? Steven Drew only has a career batting average of 257 and is already 32 years of age. This offseason, many big-name shortstops are free agents, like Hanley Mirrez of the Los Angeles Dodgers and Estrubal Cabrera, formerly with the Cleveland Indians. The Yankees should go for Hanley Ramirez, who just turned 31 and is a free agent for the Dodgers. We know that regardless of what the New York Yankees say about getting down to a $109 million payroll, the New York Yankees will never do it, simply because after making that promise this year, they spent a whopping $438 million. After this season, we learned we can't trust the Yankees. Hanley Ramirez, as I said before, is creating average of 300 and he'd be a great fit in New York, the number one market in the country. Also, another big-name shortstop who's a free agent this year, as I mentioned before, is Estrubo Cabrera of the Indians. He's 29 years old and still has power in his bat and his career batting average of 275. These two options are much better than the declining Stephen Drew, who simply overpaid this season by the Red Sox and the, New- and the Yankees. Coming up next, we'll talk about who's to blame for the New York Jets losing their last four games. Is it the coaches? Is it the players? That's next. After going one and four, losing their last four, who's to blame in New York? Rex Ryan is one of the most outstanding defensive minds in the National Football League. And as a sixth year the head coach, he's doing a tremendous job running the defense with little weapon given to him by his boss, General Manager John Idzik. John Idzik is partially to blame in New York for this mess because he's cheap, opposite to what we just talked about in our last topic, Brian Cashman. The New York Jets have $20 million left in cap space, roughly, and they're ranked near the bottom on pass defense. The New York Jets have very little experienced corners on the field right now. Dean Milner, their second-year cornerback out of Alabama, recently just got back on the field after spending four games off the sidelines for a quad injury and an ankle injury. Besides that, 
Darren Walls, the opposite corner on him, has only two career starts before entering the season. Also, the third cornerback the Jets have been using this season is converted. Antonio Allen, who was a strong safety, who before the season made zero career starts at cornerback. With the injuries of their cornerbacks and John Edzik not supplying Rex Ryan with the amount of cornerbacks, the Jets have had a to claim several cornerbacks off waivers. One is Philip Adams, who has made zero starts in the National Football League, has never been on an active roster during the regular season, and he has the only Jets takeaway this season. I understand in the couple of weeks before this, the Jets have had some bad luck and have gotten takeaways that they should have had reversed by the officials. Still, it's unacceptable that John Idzik is doing this to Rex and not making their team successful. Marty Morningweg, on the other hand, is a good coach. He was supplied with more weapons during the offseason with the number one wide receiver in free agency this year. But still, the Jets' offense needs a lot of weapons. This is also John Edzik's fault. Also, the starting quarterback right now, Juno Smith, who's in his second year out of West Virginia, is also to blame for John Idzik. If we all remember back at the 2013 draft, Juno Smith, who was once projected to be a number one pick in the draft, dropped tremendously. John Idzik, was, who was hired that same season, wanted his own quarterback, and he took a risk on Juno Smith. After starting 21 games in the NFL, Juno Smith has shown that he can't mature and he is not the answer to the Jets quarterback problems. But the sole reason I believe that the Jets are only a mediocre team is simply because of owner Woody Johnson. Since Woody Johnson has taken over the team back in 2001, the Jets have been nothing but mediocre and only made the playoffs five times in 13 years. Two of these five times have been under head coach Rex Ryan. By only making the playoffs about 34% of the time, Owner Woody Johnson has proven that he doesn't care about winning. All he cares about is money. And that, out of the many things that are disgraceful in the New York Jets organization, is the most sickening thing to a Jets fan. Out of all the people in the organization, Woody Johnson is the biggest problem in New York. Next, for our final topic on Sports Connection for the week of October 10th, we'll talk about the Giants possibly making the playoffs after winning their last three games. That's next on Sports Connection. on Sports Connection. Let's talk about the New York Giants possibly making the playoffs after winning their last three games after starting 0-2. It's estimated that this week, when the Giants play the Cowboys, who have been hot and won their last four, they'll lose, dropping their record down to 3-3. Three and three. The week after that, they'll play the Colts. It's also estimated that they'll lose going to 3-4. and four. After that, they will play Seattle, it's estimated that they'll also lose that game going 3-5. and five. 
Once again, the New York Giants will play the San Francisco 49ers. It's estimated that they'll lose going 3-6. and six. Again, the New York Giants will play the Dallas Cowboys once again. It's also estimated that the Cowboys will win, making the Giants 3-8. and eight. Afterwards, it's an easy part of the schedule for the Giants, as they will then play the Jaguars. And that game, it's estimated that they'll win going 4-8. and eight. Afterwards, they will play the Tennessee Titans, and it is also estimated that they will win that game going 5-8. and eight. After that game, the next two weeks, the Giants will then play the St. Louis Rams and the Red- Washington Redskins, making them 7-8. and eight. The big game of the season will be the fi- finale where the Giants play division rivals Philadelphia Eagles. It is projected that they will lose that game going 7-9 for the season. This isn't enough games to win the division this year after both the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys are two hot teams this year. The prediction is for the third straight season, Giants will not make the playoffs. And I personally believe the other division winner this year will be the Philadelphia Eagles. That's it for this episode of Sports Connection. The music in today's show has been written and performed by Tofram Moore. I'm sorry if I botched that last name. Also, Alex Elena and Ethan Maxell. Thank you for contributing. You could also look up their music on YouTube Audio Library. Make sure you just subscribe to us to the Sports Connection podcast in iTunes. Also, if you have any ideas that you would like us to do for the Sports Connection show, Tweet us at newsjets at Twitter. Thank you and have a great week, everybody.